Good morning. Merry Christmas. I just, I loved going country this morning and singing, go tell it on the mountain and talking about sports and I just feel like I'm at home here. I love it. We're going to have a great rest of this time here this morning. I want to introduce you quickly though to my family who, uh, uh, not all of them could be here, but my wife is here. Our oldest son, Connor, is a freshman at Azusa Pacific University and uh, our our two younger kids, Isaac, is in 10th grade, and our daughter, Eliana, we adopted in Thailand, and she's in 4th grade. And we're taking this this school year uh, to spend time in ministry in North America and for a sabbatical. So we're in Reedley, and our kids are going to Emmanuel. So uh, we any any people been to Reedley? You guys ever been to Reedley? <laughs> ever heard of Reedley? It's awesome. We're living out on a farm. It's great. So that's our family. As uh, Brian mentioned, we were sent out in the year 2000 with a team of handsome, three handsome couples. You recognize that handsome couple on the left, Ricky and Karen Sanchez, and uh, in the middle, Dave and Louise Sinclair Peters. Our oldest, Connor, who's now 6'3 and dunking, he was two weeks old right there in the middle there. That was That's pretty exciting. So we're all still there, still serving in different capacities, and Ricky and Karen send their greetings as well. For this last term, uh, I've been serving as the regional team leader for all of Southeast Asia, and that includes our ministry in Thailand, to anybody been to Thailand to visit Ricky and Karen? Anybody? Okay, I like that. A few more are going to. Um, I, I, I'm just going to speak that out in faith. But uh, you, if you see the map here, you can see that um, Thailand is is there in the kind of Southeast Asia area. We have work in Myanmar to the west and Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, China. And I just want to say a huge thank you to this church for partnering with us in our ministry to the Philippines, which is there kind of on the right. It doesn't have the word, but it's that those set of islands there in the Philippines. Some of you guys went on a team, was it last year? Oh, that's so fantastic. So just this morning I was texting with Pastor Sam Arcano, and he sends his greetings and is so grateful for your partnership with them. So for the last few years, we've been living in Chiang Mai, which is a city in the north of, of Thailand, and we've been involved in local ministry there as well. I want to have you watch just a short video that describes a ministry that my wife, Carmen, has been very involved in and active with. So take a look at this. Wow, I just, I still get teary. This is, we've been traveling all throughout the fall sharing of the story, and I still get teared up when I watch that, because I just believe in the deepest place that God is able to do great things, amazing things, greater than we could ever ask for or imagine. And this is one of those things that God has done more than we could have ever dreamed of. So um, as I uh, shared in the video, this ministry in the juvenile hall started about seven years ago, and it was one believer who grabbed my hand and just wouldn't let go and said, you speak Thai, please come share with me, please teach me the Bible. And years later, I just say, hallelujah, some of my heroes remain in Thailand. And God's given us an incredible team of Thai and missionary women that carry on this ministry while I'm here. And they're going in every week and sharing the gospel. And uh, we've been able to start this program now for the girls as they're released. And I want to just share one story. And I just pray that it will be an encouragement to you today um, as God continues to move here locally as well. And that's the story of the young woman in the video who was sewing. And she had the round glasses. And her name is Belle. 
And I first met Belle when we went into juvenile hall several years ago, and I was teaching in my small Bible study group, and she uh, just kind of looked at me with a really blank stare. And as I opened the word, and we were talking about Jesus healing the blind man, and she had a, actually a patch over one eye um, because she was suffering in her eyes, she kind of started to scoot behind the girl next to her, and she wanted nothing to do with me. She wanted nothing to do with Scripture. That was obvious. That week we prayed for Belle among our team. The next week I went back to juvenile hall and she wasn't there. And I said, where's Belle today? And the girl next to me said, oh, look out there. And sure enough, way out there in the middle of the yard on the chair was Belle sitting in the green shirt of shame. Belle was so well acquainted with her anger and acting out of her anger, having grown up in a home that was um, just a bit broken, and she ended up shaming her family, ran away from home, and got involved in drug trafficking, human trafficking, every everything that you could imagine that happens in Southeast Asia, she was a part of at really high levels. And um, Belle was out there, and I just said, Lord, what, what do you have for Belle today? And he said, go, go talk with her, remind her that I love her. And so I thought, okay, here I go. And I went to the guards, and I said, okay, could I just have a few words with Belle? Because you really weren't supposed to have any contact with them when they were out there. And they said, okay, you can go for a few minutes and chat with her. So I just went over to Belle, and I said, Belle, God loves you. And she couldn't make eye contact with me, but I just said, Belle, I want you to know that God sees you here and he hasn't forgotten you and he has an amazing plan for your life and all you have to do is say, Jesus, Jesus. And so um, I left Belle that day and if we fast forward several months later, Belle um, was getting released from prison the next day and the guards from the prison called me and our teammates and they said, uh, so Belle said she's getting released to your foundation for this Freedom Textiles program tomorrow. Is that right? <laughs> And we, I quickly looked at my team and I said, did, did you tell them we're starting that? And she said, no. And I said, well, I didn't either, but I guess God said we're starting that tomorrow. So Belle came to us the next day. The following day, they delivered another girl, Jew, and they said, they can't go home. It's not safe, so we're bringing them to you. And so God was the initiator of this. It's always been on his heart. We see that's so clear the way he's led and guided. And we just praise the Lord for Belle's life. This last spring, um, she decided to follow Jesus through baptism, and she is a part, all of our girls are part of our local Thai church, and she was baptized in our local Thai church there. And um, she asked our team, could, could I go back into the prison now and share with the girls? Could I help to lead the girls that you lead? Because I just feel like I have so much that I'm learning that I want to share with them. And so we prayed over Belle, and we commissioned her to be part of our team going back in every week to teach the gospel. She's got the roughest group of girls that want nothing to do with us but they listen to her and she's got a memorizing scripture and knowing the plans of God for their life. And it's absolutely more than we could have asked for. Imagine the guards are impressed. They just can't figure out why she's smiling all the time. So we just praise the Lord for Belle's life. And we just invite you to pray with us as the Lord brings these girls in this program and our ministry in prison to mind that you would just pray with us. And this morning I have a very specific prayer request. I feel like God is inviting us as a body and it's strategic that we're here. This last week we have done and every year we do a big Christmas outreach. We take all of our team um, families, like our Bible teacher f- and families, and we have a family Christmas party so they can experience um, a celebration as families. And we've been planning, the team there has been planning for December 13th, and just this last week they were told that the doors are closed, they can't go in. And uh, the initial sense was real discouragement. Last Christmas, 10 girls gave their lives to Jesus, and so we see this is clearly a spiritual battle. 
And we are just believing. And this morning, I just want to thank the worship team so much because when that song came up and you talked about God doing great things, and then there was a line that said, God, you will do great things. And I felt like it was an infusion of faith again to believe that that door is not closed, but God has on his heart to bring girls to himself this Christmas. So just to invite you to pray with us and our team there that they will be able to go in and continue to share the gospel freely. Amen. Good stuff. Uh, so after the service, we'll be back at our table back there. As Pastor Brian mentioned, we're changing our name to Multiply. We're joining with a, a North American church planning agencies to become one mission, local, national, and global. If you want to hear more about that or pick up one of uh, our missionary trading cards, the 2018 edition, I can sign it for you if you want. It'll be worth nothing, but um, it's worth a lot if you put it up on your fridge and pray for us. So. So yesterday, uh, my family and I got to do something we've never done before. We went to Costco, which is an event in itself, <laughs> and we bought a real Christmas tree. Yes! First time ever! So excited! We pulled it out of the truck and threw it in our van and drove back to Reedley where we live and, and, uh, I, you know, I borrowed somebody's old, uh, Christmas tree stand wrestled that thing onto the tree, pounded it on. We got it put in place, so excited, put a whole bucket load of water in there, and then it promptly just spread, like spilled out from underneath all over the floor. <laughs> Tell me someone else has had that happen to them. I don't know. But um, so I had to go get another one, and we, we wrestled that thing off and put it back on. And I mean, what's Christmas if you don't have to wrestle with like your Christmas decorations, right? And we got it all decorated, and guess what we put on top? It wasn't Santa. It was a star. It was a star. Why do we put a star on the top? Why is there a star here in the back of the stage? Today I get to share with you this awesome, amazing story from Matthew chapter 2. And if you want to turn to it in your Bibles, feel free. It's really familiar to many of you. It's there in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. It's the story of the wise men, or the magi, or the three kings, although they weren't really kings and many of you have heard that they this they saw this star in the east and they were it, we don't know exactly where they were living some people think babylon but they were in the east and they saw this star that pointed to this prophecy that caused them to travel to jerusalem to bethlehem we don't know how many there were i mean we sing this song we three kings but the bible never says there's three of them there's just there's three gifts so some people think there's three they were Wise men, astrologers, religious, uh, who knows exactly who they were. But the best thing about this story and the great thing about this story that I get to share with you is this crazy idea that God would reveal himself to foreigners, to Gentiles. Interestingly enough, our name is changing to multiply, but uh, our first name of our organization actually in the 1800s was the Committee for Gentile Missions. How about that? That's that's a good one. That, put that on a t-shirt. The Committee for Gentile <laughs> Missions. But these wise men, they were foreigners. They were outsiders. And that's the good news. The book of Matthew actually starts and ends by revealing that this Jesus is a Messiah for the entire world. And it's meant to be good news that is shared. And so these wise men come and you know they, they have to deal with Herod and then they see the star again. 
And let's pick up the story in in uh, chapter 2, verse 10. Chapter 2, verse 10. We're just going to read these three verses together from Matthew chapter 2. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So uh, right away you can see the joy. We sing that song, Joy to the World! The Lord has come. And right away you can see that. And this, this particular translation, the ESV, really points out how in, in, in the original language, it's not just, oh, they, they were kind of, kind of happy or a little bit excited. No, they were, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. In fact, this is the only place in the New Testament that they use like this redundant phrase, rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Why do you think that was? Apparently the star had disappeared on their way to Jerusalem. And then it shows up again. And they weren't just like, oh great, okay, we almost made it. No, they really got excited. Pastor Brian was talking about his favorite sports team. I also have a favorite sports team, the Kansas Basketball Jayhawks. So, oh wow, some Jayhawks fans here in the house? Nice! Okay, so... uh Last week they were playing a game, they were down by three, and they they got to the end of the game, they're down by three, there's only like ten seconds left, they bring the ball up, pass it off to their best three-point shooter, he rises up, they're playing at home in front of, like, in, in the best venue for college basketball in the world, and they're playing, and, and he shoots, and he makes the three-pointer that ties it, sends it into overtime, which they went on to win. But when he, when that ball goes through the basket and the buzzer sounds... This place went ballistic. Have you guys ever been in a, like, in a stadium or in a gym where, like, the game-winning shot is made and the place just goes berserk, you know? And people are, like, hugging complete strangers and giving each other high fives and just going nuts. I think that's what rejoicing exceedingly with great joy looks like. I'm going to try something here. You may never invite me back, so that's okay. I'm going to have you guys actually practice that. Just pretend like we're in a like we're in we're in a gym. <laughs> and you, somebody just made like the game-winning shot to to win the championship for us. I'm going to actually have you guys get not yet. Get up out of your seat, give some high fives, give some hugs. Don't hurt anybody, please. Don't pull a muscle. Don't, let's, let's not have to call the ambulance, but I, I want you to actually practice this, alright? Okay, so on the count of three. Ready? I'm gonna like shoot from here. Ready? Half court shot. One, two, three, go! Yeah! Whoa! Yeah! Oh yeah! Woo! Yeah! That's it, you got it! Some of you just, too cool. But a lot of you guys, I, we don't know how many, there could have been a, there could have been 200 wise men, we don't know. But they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They got stoked. Why? Because they found the way to the king of kings. And that's worth celebrating. In Southeast Asia, we love to celebrate when people find their way to Jesus. 
this is a little bit what it looks like. Uh, baptism is, is the best. It's always our highlight in Thailand and in Southeast Asia. And so you can see, we go crazy when people get baptized. This guy in the middle, when I explained to him what baptism was about, that you go under the water and then your sins stay there. He said, uh, you better leave me under for a long time, Pastor. <laughs> I got a lot of sin. And you can see, when he came out, it's like, what? All that sin? I, he found Jesus. And he's excited. He's excited. We have a lot to rejoice about in Southeast Asia. In Chiang Mai, where we live, a new church has been birthed as we've been praying for many years. And this is a picture of the baptism service there. They're Camus, so they, they get excited in a different way. They get excited when you put a snake in front of them. But... Um, <laughs> They're really excited about that. <laughs> in Chombury, where Ricky and Karen have served and where we served alongside them for many years, the church that we planted is birthing new churches and it's multiplying. And this church is, is just started on a place called Monkey Mountain, which monkeys are not cute and they're not cuddly. And they, um, my son actually still has a scar from when he got bit by a monkey. But on a place called Monkey Mountain, this church is being birthed and they're rejoicing, they're celebrating. Even in places like Laos, where if you become a believer and follow him, you're at risk of being put in jail. They still are being persecuted for their faith. But God is moving among the church in Laos and people are being baptized at, a, at an amazing rate. Thousands and thousands. And... In Myanmar, where we're serving, it's our newest field. I was there and was able to take this picture of the first young man to be baptized in an unreached village in central Myanmar. This is good news. This is good news that's worth rejoicing. Good news that's worth rejoicing for the entire world. So what happened after the Magi saw this star? When the Magi saw the star, then they came to Jesus. I, I, you know, I don't know when they got there if they, if it was exactly what they expected. Maybe they came looking for a palace, but instead they saw a humble house. But they still knelt down, brought their gifts, and they worshipped. And as I thought about us this morning, I thought, that's what we're still called to do. And that's the message of this story. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 speaks of this. And it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies. This is what we bring. This is our gift. We bring our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. As I thought about that, as I thought about us bringing our bodies and putting it as an actual sacrifice, and I started to think, oh, yeah, the sacrifice actually lights up like it was actually put onto an altar that then was put on fire and lit up. And then I thought this week, I thought, that's it. We're called now, our spiritual act of worship is to light up. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 says this, Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Now we get to be the stars. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a star. <laughs> you're like, I know. I mean, I mean, think about it. In this culture, 
what, who are stars? Stars are people who excel, you know, at whatever it is that they do and they become famous. We're called to be stars that excel at making Jesus famous. And I am so privileged to get to work with some superstars in Southeast Asia. I don't get a chance to share many of, but I'll, the, the first picture is a friend of mine named Isaiah who goes into the least reached areas of Burma to try to preach the gospel. And uh, the next picture is a woman who was uh, the next. If you bring up the next slide, thanks, Ed. This woman was healed of lupus, and she's going up and down through her village, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. She can't stop sharing. She's so excited to share. If you bring up the next picture, these are some other superstars uh, that maybe uh, I think there's one before that, Ed. Perhaps there you are. You guys know Ed and Ingrid Russell, perhaps. Some of you may have met them. Um, and this is their, their friend and colleague, Somdi. And so I love these guys. And part of my role as Southeast Asia regional leader was to help to train them and send them to this new area. So Ed and Ingrid and Somdi, all, all of them are either at or approaching retirement age. Somdi was a nurse in Canada for 30 years and at the ripe age of 75 decided to take on a new career and to go and preach the gospel to the least reached. And they reached a city and decided to go to a city called Pisai. Now, this city is right on the bank of the Mekong River. There's around 30,000 people in this city. And what this city is known for, actually is its worship of this serpent, mythical serpent creature called a naga. They've got these giant naga statues that are overlooking the river. And one thing they do every year in October is hundreds of thousands of people come for a festival that they call the Naga Fireball Festival. And in October, during the, at the end of the Buddhist Lent, out of the river come these floating fireballs. And scientists haven't yet been able to actually explain what really happens. You can you can look it up if you want. Naga fireballs. Like there's a people are saying, what is it? Like is it gas that comes up? Is it a hoax? Are people shooting something from the other side? The people there believe that is this celestial type of sign from this mythical serpent celebrating the end of the Buddhist Lent. Now, this woman and her daughter and their family have lived in Pisai. if you go to the next picture, Ed, and uh, they've lived there for all their life. Thirteen years ago, the woman there on the left uh, had all kinds of issues with her pregnancy. And she went to a doctor who happened to be a Christian. First time she'd ever met a Christian. The doctor prayed for her and helped her. And that night, as she tried to pray, although she had no idea how, she said that a cloud came into the room, rested above her head, and then she never had any more experience or, or, or symptoms of her illness. And as soon as she started feeling better, she got like a craving for fish. And uh, so then she had her daughter and named her fish. Actually, that's her name. And there, <laughs> her name is Blah, which means fish. For 13 years, she, she, she just tried to pray to God, but had never met another Christian until Ed and Ingrid and Somdi came. And they began a church in a little in a little house that happened to be right next door to these guys. And they came and they heard and understood for the first time who Jesus was 
she was baptized. Then her daughter was baptized. And there, the dad, her husband, is sitting there in the back, just believed and was baptized a few weeks ago. And so, this last October, as again, hundreds of thousands of people came to see if these fireballs would come floating out of the river. This year, not a single fireball came up out of the river. And instead, there's a church that is meeting, and these guys are shining their own lights. They're shining their own lights in that city. I am so thankful for that. The book of Matthew starts by saying, come and see. And then it ends by saying, go and tell. That's what we're called to do. You're made to shine. How can you do that? Well, I've got just three simple ways. First of all, you can pray. Carmen already called to pray. Pray, pray. You guys are doing this amazing. We want to come to the journey to Bethlehem. Bask, just bathe that thing in prayer. Pray for the dozens of outreaches that are happening all over the world, but especially in Southeast Asia and in the Philippines during this Christmas time, that God would shine his light in those places. You can do like the wise men did and bring an actual gift. Who knows what God used that actual gift of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to, to support their family, to go through Egypt and then come back and, and until he could become our Savior. And in the same way, God has blessed you in a way that you can give, both to your church and to ministry around the world, to shine in dark places. And God has called us all to go. He's called us all to be like stars in the universe, shining in your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhood, and in your home. Will you do that? I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up, and we're going to close with uh, a song that says, I bring an offering of worship to my King. And as we do that, and as we reflect and remember this great story of the wise men, the Gentiles, the foreigners coming to worship, we can celebrate that people from all over the world are coming to know this great King. And we can also commit to give him the best possible gift we could ever give him. And that is ourselves and our worship. Let's do that together. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you that you have called them to be a city on a hill in this community. God, I thank you for how you have used them over the years to shine your light in this place. God, I pray for them in these next weeks as they welcome thousands of people onto their campus to share the good news of Jesus' birth. I pray that it wouldn't just be an event, but it would be a lifestyle for these beautiful people here, Lord, and that they would many people would see and would believe. I pray that you would bless them so they can bless others. I pray that their worship would be a fragrant aroma to you, not just in this building, but into every place that they go this week and this year and in the years to come. Thank you that you have good and great plans for them to do great things. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We give you our lives in worship. In Jesus' name, amen.